Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of My Podcast is Breakfast Included. Now today on the show, I sit down with Noel Jordan. Now Noel works in the live music industry as an LD, a stage manager, and sometimes a backline tech. She's also a Howard University graduate, and in the last year, she's gotten into digital media production. She hosts a video podcast called What's Up, Brody? How You Doing?, where she invites different individuals from the live music industry to discuss things such as equity and mental health. What I really like about this podcast, she has three seasons. In every episode, she has a mental health advocate to answer and guide us through these questions. You should check it out. We talked a little bit about how she got into this industry, what she'd like to see going forward with her podcast, and what she likes for breakfast. It was a great conversation. Let's check it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you want to throw the question? Yeah. Yeah. Just let let her. I usually ask you to let everyone know who you are. Just Mm -hmm. introduce yourself. Oh, okay. I am Noel Jordan, a lighting designer, stage manager, and background technician for live concerts and events, as well as a mental health advocate for live entertainment professionals. All right, on. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this again. Thank you for having me. Um, how did you get into the live uh, production industry? Is this something you always wanted to do? Did you get into it by accident or? Um, I think a little bit of both. Uh, my parents, um, they worked with Comic Relief back in the 90s. Um, and so I can remember just being around production. Um, and then I got into it really in high school. Um and it really went from there. Uh, went from high school to college. I went to Howard University, and I just grew from there. And I, now I am where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's all it's been a, about a sixteen year journey. All right, on. And you you graduated from Howard University. Um, what did you study there? Uh, I got my degree in television production and technical theater with a focus in lighting. Okay, right on. Did you know that you wanted to use that uh, degree in a live setting or were you aimed at more of like, you know, like TV, you know, that type of setting? Uh, at first, I I love production, so... Even if it's television, if it's live, um, I started and wanting to get into a career in television uh, production. And I always, you know, remembered the passion I had in high school doing our stage productions. And so uh, when it, you know, came time to figure out, okay, well, what is my my major and what will my minor be? I really then understood that one should complement the other. and essentially, I wanted to marry the passions of production, uh, both in studio and live. And you would ask, you know, did I just fall into this uh, lighting? I did. I did not. Um, I didn't know much about lighting. Um, I knew I wanted to stage manage. And I knew that technical theater was a program that I could get into. And mm-hmm. 
you really, you just had a choice um, between lighting, set, and costumes. And so that's what I just chose lighting. I was like, oh, let me just see how this, how this will work and see what it's like and really haven't looked back since. And I guess, like everyone in this industry, backline just came with everything else. <laughs> we all find yes. ourselves at some point having to do backline. Yes, backline came from, hey, do you want to make some extra money? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really, no, like that, that's literally what my mentor says. Like, you want some extra money in your pocket? Um, and I was like, of course. But it was from him seeing my work ethic doing lights and doing stage it's like this will be a really good asset for you and it'll add to um to your professional resume and and it'll help you grow it's it's just another thing to learn um and so i started on drums and i fell in love with it like both of my parents are musicians they both play the piano um i don't play as well as they do um but it has helped like because i can read music i've been able to work in um i stage managed an opera so oh right on having those skills and the passion for music um it just it only felt right once i started doing backline and i'm always such a sponge and ready to learn and want to know like okay well how do you set this up and why do you set this up this way and what why do we use this kit for this artist as opposed to another and it just I'm always learning with backline and I love it honestly like if you were to ask me which one do I love more it's like trying to pick your favorite child Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, well, I'm I'm a backline guy. I I I work as a bass and a guitar tech, um, but I'm always learning something new about it. You know, so I think that's mm-hmm. what keeps me. I think that's what that that was a big thing about the la- about 2020 when everything shut down. Like, I I just kind of gave up inside. <laughs> you know, like, am I, I ever going to be able to do that? Um. Prior to 2020, how long had you been in the live music industry? Uh, professionally, I have been working since 2010. Okay. So we've been I doing it around back- the same amount of time. Yes. Uh, I've, I started doing backline in 2017. Um, and it just, it just grew. I mean, me being also a stage manager helped being a backline technician um, for shows, definitely, and being able to be sent out on shows and understanding, you know, the simplicities of being able to read a plot and understand it. And I, I just, I don't know. I love it so much. I'm sorry. How, as a stage manager and being a woman, how do people react to that when you come into a venue and, have you ever been like someone walks up and says, who's your stage manager? And you're like, well, I'm the stage manager. How do you react to that? Um, yeah, of course I have that I've experience that I think we all have. Um, I, I mean, I just, I stand firmly in my position. Like I'm your stage manager for, you know, for today from at a venue. 
um, or if I'm working the show, then I'm coming in as the stage manager, uh, working with the production. But I, I think as I've gotten more familiar and, and gotten into this role and in this industry and the longer that I, I'm, I'm in it, I try to avoid those awkward moments. Mm-hmm. So I'll, and before someone can ask who it is, I will introduce myself. So I'm like, I'll save you from your awkward question. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just tell you who I am right now. Um, but also for lighting, I think I've learned that a lot more with lighting. Um, I can remember one production I worked with um, at, at a venue and after the show, you know, it's all hands on deck because it's small, smaller venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as I'm done with, you know, with lighting and shutting down my console, I'm going up to be it coil cables or break down the stage or what have you. And I can remember someone from the band saying to me, um, you got to keep those hands pretty. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You got to keep your hands pretty. And I just responded, you know, these hands did these lights. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what they do. And his demeanor changed immediately. It was, oh, oh, it was great. It was an awesome show. Great lighting. And yeah. I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The backpedaling immediately. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I don't I really don't try to take it personally. It's it's something that I, I think as an industry we need to get out of with and normalize the fact that there are women excelling in these positions. I agree. I agree. A lot of times they're they're doing it better, you know. <laughs> I've um, heard that too. <laughs> um during that during the shutdown, um you started a podcast. Yes. It's called What's Up, Rody? How you doing? What 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 inspired you to do that? Uh, mental health is something that is extremely important to me, um, even before the pandemic. And once the shutdown happened, I I started noticing, I was very mindful of the conversations I was having with my peers and colleagues. Um and a lot of the, I guess their commentary was the same. It was, I don't have the distraction anymore. Um, I've never had to sit this long with my thoughts. I am having to deal with life that I slipped under the rug by just going on tour. And I realized, I'm like, well, first of all, everybody, we're not feeling these these emotions. We're not the only ones feeling them what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, And so I realized that this is, there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had around mental health because one, your job should not be your distraction from your life. Because at the end of the day, that's what this is. Lifestyle or not, it is still your job. Um, And the fact that they haven't had to sit with their thoughts this long, I I thought that was was a, a huge red flag but what really pushed me was becoming aware of those in, you know, within our, our community of professionals that couldn't handle it. 
mm-hmm. and that unfortunately took their own lives. Once I became aware of that, I said I had to do something. And that's where What's Up Brody, How You Doing came about. It just started off as a conversation. Just how was everyone doing? And creating this safe space to let people know, like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, I agree. And what what was the response when you released it? Like, what was the initial response of your peers, your colleagues, your coworkers, your, even people you didn't know? Um, a lot of it was thank you for creating this space. Thank you and congratulations. Um, but I just, it, it, the response was something that I, I couldn't even have thought of because I didn't do, I didn't do this for recognition. I didn't do this for a response. Mm-hmm. I did this because there was a void and it, it's grown tremendously. Um, we are now getting ready for season four. Uh, we did three seasons in a year focusing on how everyone was doing and as well as expanding into the topic of equity within our industry, Um, especially for marginalized communities. What does that look like? And the response is just, it's been amazing. It really has. And we've grown and connected with so many different people um, across the world. Like I in our first season, um, I had a costume designer from Singapore. Wow. Yes. Uh, I've had, you know, we had a, an international music festivals episode and my host was in London. And so it's really grown. I will, I'd be remiss if I didn't say on here and publicly thank you to everyone that has come on the show, um, or on our podcast. It's, a lot of the uh, guests that we've had are either directly friends of mine or maybe one or two degrees apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just me, me going through my phone and seeing how everyone was doing and them spreading the word. And then we expanded onto Clubhouse and that has picked up traction as well, especially coming out of the shutdown and getting back into work in COVID. Um, so we, we've really been able to, to reach out to a lot of people. Um, people have been able to ask questions. Um, I really want to make it available to those who are getting into the industry, you know, like, like we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we were, I mean, you have this blueprint or, or you see what the life that you want. And then all of a sudden is just either changed drastically or ripped from under you. Yeah. And that's, that's also why we, why we do this. Yeah. I, I was a very similar. Like I started this as just phone calls to friends. Um, in the industry, talking to them. But I found that those conversations helped me, helped me, you know, like I didn't know what to do. Um, back on the, the subject of mental health, for years there, there's this article 
that floats around all the social media, the roadie sites or whatever about depression and mental health in the industry. And it's always that same article. Now, coming out of 2020, where it's become a major issue, like, do you think that depression and mental health still have that stigma? Like, you can go, you can be on a crew and tell somebody, I have diabetes, or you can tell someone, like, you know, I cut my hand, and there's nothing wrong, like, you know, you're in pain. But there was always this stigma of just telling somebody, like, hey, man, I'm I'm having a problem right now, like, I'm sad. I don't know what to do. Do you think coming out of 2020, it's going to be easier for live music professionals to discuss amongst each other, discuss it amongst each other? Um, and what would you like to see? Uh, ooh. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I really do. I feel that because we're starting to have these conversations about normalizing these conversations, that they would have on the road. Um, I know for myself, I actually just got off of the road. They're hey, in an off day, I'm telling them like, hey, I've got therapy. <laughs> I've got a teleappointment. I'll see you guys after that. Yeah. But and and finding someone that you can confide in, I think that's the biggest thing on on tour, um, is to find someone that you trust mm-hmm. to say like I I'm sad <laughs> or I'm happy, but no one else is. Yeah. I don't want to be annoying, but I also don't want to join a pity party. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, what I would love to see is mental health or, or uh, a therapist or teletherapy. Um, to be normalized as a line item, just like you would hire a massage therapist, a caterer, or... a caterer, just like you would, you would have a dressing room for a massage therapist for your crew. If anybody wants to get a massage, you should have a dressing room with either a video camera or what have you, some type of system where you can have a therapist on call for eight hours and your crew can go in for 30 minute sessions if they want. That is what I hope to see. Yeah. Is that it is normalized as a line item, just like a caterer or um, a masseuse. Coming back into, uh, coming back into the road, coming back on the road after the shutdown, did you see, were you able to uh, connect with other crew members about this? Like, were you able to talk to them and go, hey, like, I started seeing a therapist. <laughs> so yes. if, if I if I get a little, you know, talkative about it, you know, just either forgive me or just, you know, hey, listen, you know. We- yes. Uh, yes, I have. Um, getting on the road and, you know, just letting people know and. And I would, you know, say like, this isn't for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not plugging myself. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to promote myself. This is a space for all of us that we all um, contribute to. It is not just me. Like any of, um, any of the questions throughout each season, each episode, those aren't solely my questions. It is 
questions that we get or topics that we get from panelists, from guests, from even audience members and people that that aren't on this side of it, but want to know, well, how do you guys deal with this? And well, what do you do if if this happens Mm -hmm. while you're on the road? Or how are you dealing with not being on the road? Because, you know, a lot of people that weren't, aren't in our industry, when the shutdown happened, they were saying, well, well, now you have a break and you don't have to live on a bus. And it's like, but I signed up for that. They don't get that we like living on a bus. We like yeah. flying. We like checking into hotels. People, you know, when, when people approach me about this, they're like, hey, can you, can, how do I get into that? I'm like, "There's if you can do those three things and not annoy the people around you, a lot of people aren't cut out for it. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Um, and I even think people that are cut out for it aren't fully cut out. <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> we all have our moments. Um, I mean, it's it's something as simple as, you know, your bunk and the people that you, you live with on the bus and the chemistry and being able to read a room. Yeah. Even when it's a, on a tour bus or a bandwagon or a, a sprinter like however you're you're traveling yeah um, you got to get along with that person that you probably don't like personally but you got to get along with them yes yes definitely um your podcast a lot of season three had to do with um well like women in the industry and equity yeah talk to me about that uh ooh. Our, I love our women's editions um, that we have. Uh, What's up, Rody? And we just started doing those because um, the conversation, like you said, it's it's about equity. It's about and, and not equality. And I think those two words get confused um, because it's it's more so about leveling the playing field. I mean, we talk about um, we talk about things like code switching. Um, even between, you know, men and women or, or different races mm-hmm. um, or cultural backgrounds, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and just having these conversations with um, these different groups of women and seeing their different vantage points, I noticed some similarities. I noticed that, you know, some of the stories that I have, such as the, the keep your hands pretty moment, um, other women have had the same. They've, you know, had that that blank stare after you say, you know, I'm your I'm your lighting designer, I'm your stage manager, I'm your front of house engineer, mm-hmm. and or I'm your backline, I'm your drum tech. I I have gotten that like, wait, you're what? <laughs> oh wow, that's really really cool. And it's just like, yeah, it's a little condescending because would you have that same response to a man? Yeah, it's that. Oh, that's really cool. You're a girl and you're doing this. It, yeah, yeah, it's like aha moment. Like I don't <laughs> like who the thunk it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just having those conversations and really seeing their vantage points. Um, because especially uh with women on the road, I have spent the majority of my career thus far in venues. So to hear the dynamics of what it's like to be on the road, um or to be in the game for 20 plus years and to have that perspective um, has not only 
broaden my frame of reference, but it's also brought in a lot of young, like a lot of young women in the industry. They'll come on to our our clubhouse room. Um, so we'll do a roadie check in or uh, watch the show, and which is on YouTube, um, and and they'll be inspired. And so I just what we want to do is really break this chain of oh wow you're you're a girl and yeah. you do this. Um, what what am I fill in the blank? <laughs> exact. One of my gigs uh, has a rotating two female tour managers, and one of my favorite things to do is when we walk into a venue and either the house production manager walks up to me, I always point at them and go ask the boss. I just tune the guitars. <laughs> Mhm. Yeah, even uh my last in on the road me being the L2 mm-hmm. having, you know, my LD was also our crew chief, so he's always, you know, he's speaking to the crew as before we load in letting them know, you know, these are the department heads and then you know he gets to me he's like we're on my lighting hands. You know, this is this is Noel, this is my L2, whatever she says goes. And to see the look on some of these people's faces, it's like, wait, what? Well, wait, where are you going to be? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's also like, you have those other faces that are like, okay, I see you, girl. Yeah. Like, all right, we're following her. And even I have, I mean, there are a lot of venues where my lighting hands were all women. Hmm. Which was just awesome. Now, in a, in a in a situation where they're not all women, and you get that look, like, huh? How do you how do you approach it and make it just seem like within minutes, like, okay, we're all going to do this job? How do you how do you approach that to where they're like, uh, oh, okay, cool, it's just a gig. We're just going to do this gig. Get them out of that mentality. Um, I I would say I don't want to say like combat. Um, but I match the energy with just positivity, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that sounds corny. It doesn't. But, it doesn't. Not at all. To be able, I mean, usually, you know, you you just hear people, well, I match their energy. I match their aggression. And it's like, no, you got to match it with positivity. And it's like, all right, y'all, this is what's going to happen. Um, even if, you know, one day I had, we had 20 stage hands and the next day we only have, 12 and i'm like all right y'all it's the same show but we're gonna get this done let's do this this is the plan boom 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 here here's what we're gonna be doing here's why we're gonna do it this way and let's go i have not had to say um even though i've heard it but it it never came out of my mouth um stop moving those jaws let's move these paws i heard that i was just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever want to I, say that? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes you do, um, but that might not yield the same response. Yeah, that you that you want. So it it is about finessing your verbiage and and your approach, and so that's how I was able to you know get past quote unquote stigmas that they may be thinking. Um, and just let them know like it's gonna be a good day. We we're gonna work hard, but we're gonna get it done and we're all gonna go home the same piece that we left it. 
Right, right. Um, I want to ask you this, and, and this might be a touchy subject. My, I, I'm, do you ever run into, like, has race ever been a problem on, on a gig for you? I've had my own experiences. That's why I'm asking you. Um, yes, I've had, I've had my own experiences as well. Yeah. I, I will say that, um, especially being a, a black woman, um, I definitely have. And some of the instances I wasn't even aware of because I was so focused on the gig, it had to be pointed out like, Hey, do you realize that they're not, they're second guessing everything that you say. And yeah. after a while, like at first, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well maybe, you know, they just, they just want to want clarity. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, but then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, how do I effectively communicate without losing my fill in the blank? <laughs> like I, how do I effectively communicate um, to get the job done? Because at the end of the day, race, gender, it, it doesn't matter. We are all here for the for one reason, and that is for the the production, the show. Like you, yeah. You we're here for the show. Like we're here for the production. I work for the production. You work for the production. Yeah, that's always my attitude. Like, man, I don't care about any of this stuff. I just care about this show, how it goes up, and more importantly, how it goes down. How it goes down. <laughs> we're always worrying about that out. Exact. Oh my gosh, the out can be so traumatic. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, and if you don't know, I'm gonna just say it now. Your in is to prepare you for your out. Yeah. Like you always have to think about the out as you're loading in. That that's the biggest part, and it's just like let's get this. It's not only like let's get it done. Let's get it done well safely and efficiently for our loadout yeah yeah i had a i had a production manager one time that always had to use this line at the end of the night every you know everyone's scrambling to get their cases and get their you know lighting and audio and backline and he would stop and say backline is the last thing in and the first thing out it's been like that since the beginning of time (laughs) Yeah, it is. It really, really is. But like we we're the the last ones in. It definitely is the first thing that's gotta go out. Oh, and yeah. it's like with, with lighting, we could be the first ones in. Oh, but I'm definitely the last one. Oh, out. you're gonna be like <laughs> I mean, especially like when you're running motors and power, I'm the last one out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, I see you guys get on the bus at the end of the night <laughs> after I've eaten all the pizza. exactly and taking your shower i know right (laughs) um well during the during the 2020 uh, shutdown i keep referring it to the 2020 shutdown i'll just say during 2020 what did you miss the most about being on the road uh i missed i missed the family i missed my my tour family um my my experience was a little different because I actually got put on. That was like my first real tour. I had done, you know, spot dates here and there, but my first like 
bus tour, I got pulled out of my venue, like what, March 9th or 10th. And then on the 12th, after sound check, shut down. Everybody go take two hours and then we got to break it all down. Yeah. And so I, I mean, there, I felt that I was robbed of my moment. Um, but what we did was we were just like, okay, well, the tour is shut down for right now. So we're going to ride, we're going to take the bus back, um, to Texas. Do you want to ride or do you want us to drop you off or get on the plane? I was like, I already packed my stuff. I got a suitcase worth of stuff. Let's, let's just go. Let me just have this experience of being on, on the bus and being around um, this family atmosphere. And so that was one thing that I did miss. Um, and I think I missed that not only from being on the road, but for being in my venue. It, it's that, you know, it, it, we all know it's going to be a long day. Yeah. We, we all know it, it, you're going to be here all day. You're going you're gonna to work longer than probably everybody else. Um, that you're friends with and so heck your friends might even come to the show and you still won't be done working but when you're doing that amongst your friends and and your family in this industry it doesn't feel like work um one of my favorite quotes is if you find a job you love you'll never work a day in your life and it's so real especially i feel in this industry because you have to love it. Yeah, you do. And and that's what I held on to in 2020 um, in order to get back and be here in 21. Yeah, yeah. I missed the routine. I missed walking around backstage. I missed breaking down my gear and then going to help my drum tech pack his gear up. <laughs> yeah, I missed it all. I missed the fans and I, I missed it all. And like you, like when it came back in September, my first shows of 2021 were in England. And I remember flying over there and just kind of having a panic attack. Like, am I going to remember how to do this? Like, it's it's so different now. There's COVID tests, there's bubbles and, you know, but yeah. all I could think about was, Oh, that's going to be a cakewalk. It's like, can I do the job? Can I, am I going to remember the cues? You know? Yeah, it was, it definitely felt like the first day back at school. Like maybe for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely felt like that. Uh, it felt like the first day back at school. It felt like, I remember I kept saying, uh, when we got back, I was like, man, these 14 hours hit differently. <laughs> <laughs> man, these days don't feel the same. You are extra, extra tired now. Oh, like, man. Why am, I, why am I yawning at noon? <laughs> <laughs> when do I get to take my nap? I've been taking a Ex nap for a year. <laughs> exactly. It's like, are we done? Do you see everything in your console? Can you control everything on stage? great i'm on radio i'm going to take a nap yeah. <laughs> like yeah it it hits differently but i will say um i i appreciate it so much more 
Um, I I even think after the first show back, I might have cried a little just out of a release of emotions. Yeah, I'm to, I'm right there know, with you. Like just just one little tear. Yeah, like we we're doing it. this. We did it. We did it. <laughs> um, what can we uh, what can we expect in season four of What's Up, Rody? Oh, season four. Um, can you give me any spoilers? Are... <laughs> like which episode will I be on? Or you know, <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. Um. So this season coming up, we are looking forward to continue not only continuing the conversation of equity within our industry, um, but also to see how everyone is doing now that we're back. Um, what are some things that that we're glad stayed? What are some things that left? What are some changes and adjustments that have had to be made, like you said, with COVID, um, especially with COVID compliance officers now? Um, but we're also expanding the conversation, not only to, and that extends beyond, you know, the artists, the vocalists, um, our musicians, engineers, um, managers even, and expanding our frame of reference and our vantage points. Um, that's, that's where season four is going. Um, it's, it's the equity and it's the how you doing since we're back. I am looking forward to it. Don't worry, you will be on the show. <laughs> um, oh, you don't. Was I that obvious? Don't you worry about that. Um, but no, like that, it, it's to continue um, to create this space and to continue to normalize these conversations until it is the norm. Um, we are doing both, we have some touring episodes, we have some venue episodes, and definitely um, met a lot of members of the union of IATSE. And so I also wanted to get we're also going to get their their take on it as well. Not so much from, you know, those of us that are the technicians and the roadies. What about your stagehands that are doing this every single day? Yeah, they have to deal with a different crew every day. Every day. So what is that like? Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, that would be an interesting point of view because even I never thought of that. Like we come into the show, we have the same show in every venue, but you know, we're just another show to them. Mm-hmm. Like this is, yeah. we think this is our job. Like that is their job. That's their job. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I mean, I've had shows where all I had to do was point. I couldn't touch a thing. Mm. And for me, especially one as a technician and then also working in venues, I'm like, what do you mean I can't touch? It's right there. Yeah. And so it, it's it's dealing with, you know, touring crews and and for us, you know, um, this is from people that I've spoken with that have been on the road. Um, they're like, man, I have to keep explaining how to set this up every single day to a whole new crew and it's like yeah but they have to learn how to set up 
different stages every day. Yeah. And be that versatile. Yeah. I personally, and, and, and if any other live production people hear this, they may think I'm, I may get a little hate about this, but I've never understood the getting angry at the local crew. If they don't know how to do something that you do every day. You know, whenever they give me my guy, like they'll say, hey, do you need a hand to help you? I always tell them, you got the easiest guy. Just stand there. I'm going to hand you things. And then, you know, but I've I've never gotten frustrated because I used to be that guy. You know, we were all exactly. we were all new. We were all I mean, I was a local hand at one point. And, you know, I know how I like to be spoken to and how I like to be treated. And you know, sometimes I wasn't treated that great. but you know, I, I'm friends now with some of the texts that came through back when I was a local hand and they're the guys on my speed dial that I call when I need something now. And, and, you know, yes, so yes I try definitely. and treat the local hands the way they treated me, you know? Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, I have, I've seen and, and heard, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm trying to um, just figure out how to put this, but yeah, I I definitely understand that. I think we forget, especially when you're in the rhythm of the road, that you at one point didn't know what you know today. Yeah, and someone, the only reason you do know what you know today is because someone had the patience to teach you. So, I mean, in getting back out in 21, a lot of a lot of venues are short. There's a there's a whole lot more green hands in venues now um, than there were before the shutdown. And so I remember seeing someone like it's my third day. It's my second day. I just got here and it's like, okay. Now, now I know my approach. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know, seeing someone, I'm sure all of all of the roadies will will cringe at this, but seeing someone wrap your cable around their elbow, <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Because all I just see is money. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're gonna ruin my cable, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna have to buy another one. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Does anyone else feel comfortable? And so, like, you have to then ask those questions, and it it helps, you know, when you got your stagehands for the out. Is who feels comfortable coiling cables? It may sound like a stupid question, but that's what you have to ask. And you always have those two hands that are like, we know exactly what you want, and everyone else steps back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and having having a stagehand teach another. Yeah. Like, okay. No, you don't want to do it like that. This is how you want to do it. This is how you yeah. you want to follow the natural coil. Like, don't don't even explain over under. Is they're not even they're not there yet. <laughs> it's follow the natural coil of the cable. It's like we'll get to over and under later. <laughs> but for right now, this is that is the basic of what you need to know about this cable. <laughs> you know what? I'm Otherwise, I'm not gonna lie. I was two years in of being a guitar tech before I learned over under. Yeah, yeah, I came from theater where we twist the cables. Yeah. So getting out of that, 
mentality of it's like no that's that's not how you do it and i'm like well wait how do you do it then what is the difference why and certainly once i got on the road um, you you know why yeah yeah because if your cables are crap at the out it makes your in like we said before it makes your load in oh man because now they've got to stretch it out recoil it and then run the cable and it's like that that's added time and so it's just we just have to be patient and really remember that someone was patient with us yeah 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 that's you're right it's like having that patience with someone and saying i always remember like hey we all started when i run into roadies or that have been doing it for years and they you know a lot of them are a little grumpy but when I run into them, I think, man, you were new. I was new. You know, they're new. And I've learned a lot of things from newer techs that are just getting in it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what we all have to do is why do you do it that way? I know for myself coming up, especially early in my career, and even now, um, if I, I know a way to achieve the same result, but you're doing it differently, why? Yeah. Yeah. And how will that will is that the way that I should do it? And so it, it's always asking like why and how, and we just always have to remember that. For me, this industry is about learning, growing, and teaching. Yeah, that's that's the only way it's going to be sustained is if we after we learn, we grow, and then you've got to teach the next because somebody taught you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't hold all those secrets to yourself. Um, my podcast is called Is Breakfast Included? I don't know if you listen to any episodes. Yes. But if mm-hmm. breakfast was included, Noel, what would you have? Oh, my tour is going to laugh at this. If breakfast was included, I would have bacon and eggs on a plain bagel with no cheese and simply orange juice. <laughs> That sounds like your go-to. Yeah, it's it's the no cheese that they would laugh at. <laughs> I don't like cheese. I'm in my sandwiches on, especially on breakfast. Yeah, and I like I would be doing surgery, <laughs> peeling it off to get this get this cheese off and <laughs> scraping this cheese off. So if breakfast was included, yes. Bacon and egg, no cheese on a plain bagel with some simply orange juice. Right on. Well, um, do you have any social media you want to plug? Yes. Uh, so we have What's Up Roadie official Instagram page, which is What's Up at What's Up Roadie. Um, and on Facebook, we are What's Up Roadie. How you doing? Um, you can follow me on Instagram under at no, that's N-O-E dot Soraya, S-O-R-A-Y-A. And the same on Facebook is Noel Soraya. And our website, if you would like to view uh, past episodes, in addition to it being on YouTube under the channel What's Up Brody, um, our production company website is Breed Creativity. Uh, dot com b-r-e-e-d creativity.com right on 
Well, Noel, thank you so much for taking time. I know you just got home from a tour and you you took the time to talk to me. I do really hope we cross paths. I'd love to meet you in person sometime. Yes, that that will happen. That will happen. We just we just put that out there, so it will happen. Right on. Well, I'm gonna let you go, and you have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Right on, Noel Jordan. What's up, Rody? How you doing? Go check it out. Three seasons on YouTube. Breedcreativity.com. Check it out. You can see what she's up to. They've got season four coming out. We talked about me coming on as a guest. I don't know what's going to happen. I really want to do it. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening today. Please check out this podcast. It's so good. All right, guys, I'm out. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week.